Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. It is Friday. No ordinary Friday this Friday. Today is Black Friday. It is Black Friday. So if you're out and about shopping or if you're sitting at home in your comfortable clothes, whatever they may be, at your iPad or your laptop or your desktop doing your shopping, your Christmas shopping, welcome to Black Friday. Hope you find the deals that you want. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. If you want to be on the program this afternoon and what a program we have in store for you, hopefully we can get to everything. Of course, you know there are hostages being released uh, from Hamas. Hamas has released some of the hostages. After all this big negotiation that our President Joe Biden did, you know, the headline, Joe Biden's negotiating. Oh, Biden, he's, he's up at, vo- at uh, vacation somewhere up in the Northeast. I think it's Rhode Island. At some thirty-nine or something million-dollar mansion that one of his pals, uh, but he's been busy. He's been negotiating with the terrorists, and they didn't release any Americans. They released Thai some some of the Thai uh, nationals that they were holding, and some Israelis, some two dozen hostages at last count, or about two dozen, including one, a grandmother that. Uh, many people that, that Hamas had indicated they had killed. She apparently has not been killed. She's alive. That's being described as uh, psychological warfare that's pretty horrible. Um, Thirteen Israeli hostages. Again, many Thai hostages. So we will see. And uh, Israel has made an offer that they will extend the ceasefire depending on the number of uh, hostages that are released. As you know, yesterday's Thanksgiving Day Parade was marred by uh, pro-Palestinian protesters trying to glue themselves to the street and all of this stuff. They were booed by the crowd. And there was a an attack at the head of Michael uh, Tuchin. He is the uh, head of uh, APEC, the uh, American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee. The, he's their president. Uh, these these protesters showed up at his house on Thanksgiving Day. Huge protesters, F, the F-bomb, F your holiday baby killer. And so this is, uh, this is how they decided to spend part of yesterday. They dripped paint along his driveway, left, left bunches of cloth covered in flake but blood. The People's City Council Los Angeles, which describes itself as uh, which describes itself as an anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist group, took credit for that protest. They called it a holiday wake-up call. And I find this odd because there are members of the uh, progressive left that are now demanding that Hakeem Jeffries step in and try to prevent APEC from uh, supporting people in the primaries that want to run against some of these progressives that are so 
openly pro-Hamas. And they're doing all they can to antagonize this group and their leaders. So we shall see what happens there. An Iranian-backed group that the Biden administration had taken off the terror list has been launching attacks on Israel. Yes, the Biden administration took them off the terror list. This was a group called the Houthis. I I have it right, the Houthis. And Donald Trump and his administration had put them on the terror watch list. Joe Biden, no, 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 we can't have anything Trump does. So they took them off. They've been launching attacks. They're a Yemeni group. They're from Yemen. They are backed, of course, by the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, Iran. They launched multiple attacks against Israel to show support for Hamas. So now the Biden administration, what do we do now? What do we do now? So they're thinking about putting them back on the terror list. Oh, the progressives are up in arms. The White House is up in arms. Senator, uh, the senator from Louisiana, Joe, uh, uh, John Kennedy, cracked a joke about Kamala Harris. And the joke was, it's something like, he was talking about how many people don't have a lot of confidence in her. He was on an interview show. I forgot whether it was Fox or some other cable news network. And then he told the, the host of the show, he says, well, when her, when her IQ gets to 79, she should sell. Oh, my gosh. That is being now the, 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 the White House has condemned it. They, <laughs> the left are up in arms. They are calling it misogynist. There's a new word that they attach to it. It's not just misogynist. I think that that woman, Corey Bush, has some twist on the misogynist word. I'll have to find it. And in this large stack of stories that I have today, and they are quite upset that he dared crack that joke. They're trying to call him racist. Not a racist joke. It was funny. When her IQ gets up to 79, she ought to sell. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They have no sense of humor. Uh, anyway, there is an important case going to the Supreme Court. We can try to. I'm going to try to talk about that later today. To Argentine, the, the government of Argentina. We talked about this briefly. They have elected a new president, Javier Milei, and he's saying he's going to dismantle the deep state. The the the, 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 the I'm sorry, the swamp, the swamp in Argentina. Already, labor unions down there bloated. They have a hundred forty percent inflation rate. And already some of the labor unions are saying, no, we're, we're going to oppose. We're going to be in the street. Yeah, 140% inflation out of control. He's trying to say we're going to privatize some of these functions in government. We're going to privatize like some of the natural resource companies, the oil companies. And as much as we can privatize, we're going to put in private hands, move toward profit. And the left down there are having <clears throat> an S-fit. So we shall see as that goes. You might remember a restaurant was in the news back during the Trump administration called the Red Hen. The Red Hen was a restaurant in uh, Lexington, Lexington, Virginia. And what happened was that Sarah Huckabee, when she was press secretary for Donald Trump, took her family and friends 
They went to the restaurant. The owner came over. Can I talk to you privately? Would you get out? We hate you. Um, asked her to leave. A big, big to-do over that because they didn't like her politics. That restaurant is now closing. The owners say they are going to close it. And I have this story here. And a bit of news that will likely bring great joy to the supporters of former President Donald Trump, an eatery that became infamous for kicking out former White House press secretary, secretary Sarah Sanders and her family is closing its doors. The Red Hen restaurant in Lexington, Virginia, which some people call the commie cluck, will be shutting its doors at the end of the year. They're going to reopen in 2024 under a new name. What a lot of people are speculating, they're going to try to rebrand it, try to get past their 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 history there. But the same old owner is going to be there, so they can call it something else. But they're still the same bunch that hung out the sign, conservatives, members of the Trump administration, not wanted, get out of our restaurant. So... Up to you guys in the Lexington area whether you will support the new branding or not. By the way, uh, the former, turning returning back to the issue with Hamas for a moment, the former NSA and CIA chief, Michael Hayden, when he first came on the scene, I thought this guy was so good. This guy's turned out to be such a... Anyway, he says he believes there's no difference between law-abiding American Christians who exercise their constitutionally protected Second Amendment right to bear arms and the gunslingers of Hamas. So you law-abiding, I guess in Obama's words, that would be you bitter clingers, you know, the bigger clingers, those the ones who hold on to their Bible and their guns. So I guess he's saying hiding things like Obama, I guess, even worse, because he's comparing those of you who believe in Christianity, those of you who follow the Christian faith, who also uh, uh, take advantage of your Second Amendment right to have a gun or have arms, he's comparing you now to Hamas terrorists. Michael Hayden, former, he was in charge of our CIA and the National Security Administration under Obama. There's that. In news close to home, close to Hume, don't know whether you've heard of the name Anna Farias. She's in the news. Anna Farias was hired in May of this year to work with the corrections department in New York. She was pulled over for a minor traffic infraction. Part of her plate was covered. And police officers, it was a Mercedes-Benz. It had Connecticut plates, though. Turns out those car plates were stolen. The car was stolen. The Mercedes-Benz that this correction, not only was she a hired by correction, she was hired to be part of the corrections department unit that investigates wrongdoing, investigates how drugs 
and other stuff, contraband, gets into the prison. She's 31 years old. She was pulled over in Brookville, Queens, near Kennedy Airport. The Mercedes she was driving had a forged vehicle identification number sticker on the windshield, a phony federal inspection sticker covering the actual VIN number inside the car. They also found, guess what? She's the one, remember, in charge of investigating how drugs get into prison. Investigating it. They found <clears throat> heroin. They found some heroin and coke in her car. Hired in May. $58,000 a year. She previously worked as a child protective specialist for the Administration for Children's Services. They find heroin, cocaine in the stolen Mercedes that she's driving around in. Yeah, your hires. There's been a study that has found that 28 states cannot pay, have not been able to pay their bills. You know who the worst offender is? In fiscal 2022, 28 states didn't have enough revenue to pay all of their bills, according to the 14th Annual Financial State of the States Report, published by a Chicago group. They're a nonprofit, Truth and Accounting. New Jersey had the worst fiscal health and the greatest taxpayer burden of any state in America. New Jersey. And the wife of the current governor wants to now be the senator. And these are the people now that, that, that are telling us that they have all of the answers. Other states not far behind New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Taxachusetts, Hawaii, <clears throat> Kentucky, Delaware. Delaware, who lives there? Oh, him. Louisiana, California, California, and Vermont. Amazing how that goes. Joe Biden and his group now, and we'll get to this hopefully a little later in the show. Joe Biden has, did you know we were at war? He got us out of Afghanistan, but Joe Biden has now invoked wartime powers in order to implement part of the Green New Deal that they want. They want companies to start, and these are not small companies. These are some of the biggest defense companies in America. They want them to start manufacturing more heat pumps, electric. Let's move over to electric. So they want more electric cars, and now they want more electric heat pumps. In order to get this manufacturing up, Joe Biden has invoked War Powers Acts to force these companies to manufacture more green energy stuff, but no one is answering a very central question in all this. How is the electric grid going to handle all these new electric appliances? Our electric grid, which by many accounts and many stories has not 
kept up with even the needs of today. WABC. You know what happened on this day in music? The big story was in 1991. Freddie Mercury passed away. Which I don't know. I have Rich and Matt. Matt is in today, and Rich. Let me ask you guys a question. What's up? Is, has, in your opinion, is Freddie Mercury now a larger star in death than he was in life, or, or has he always been at the level of stardom and adoration that he is now? James, I'm going to have to defer to Rich on this one. I was two years old when he died, so. Two. Yeah. Two. Did you get that? Two. <laughs> Two. I heard him, Rich. <laughs> Freddie, uh, Freddie Mercury is definitely uh, larger in death than he was in life, for now, for sure. Okay. I mean, that's what. That's why do you think that is? Is it, has it, is it because of all the movies people weren't aware of his background that, that made him so popular? Why? Yeah, I think because, um, yeah, exactly. The way uh, a lot of people didn't know about him, I think, because... Um, Queen was always there, but I don't think they were like on the level of like Led Zeppelin or the Who or the Rolling Stones kind of a thing. So after he died, people kind of discovered more about him. So that was that's what I would say. Yeah. You know, anyway. and the fact and the fact that he died of AIDS, and you know, he was very heroic and, and stuff, and very brave at the end there. You know, he was he was he was very like that. So you know, he brought a lot of attention to AIDS to the, ep- uh, the pe- epidemic, I guess, back then. Uh, pandemic even back then as as it was so he brought a lot of attention to that so he has that yeah well this is he's huge now it is and, and when you look at music history Freddie Mercury's death is the number one story WABC Talk Radio 77 it is Black Friday with the black guy and um yeah spend your money day Spend your money. WABC, it's Rush Hour. Coming back, your calls are welcome. 800-848-WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On 77 WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Back in 1968. The Beatles were at the top of the charts with this one. 
Hey Jude. And they enjoyed their reign at the top. They were there for a, quite a while. And then along came some upstarts and knocked them out of first place. Those upstarts would be Diana Ross and the Supremes were at number one with this one, knocking off Hey Jude. And I remember very well, and many of you might too, this song was a little bit controversial. It was a new look for the polished Diana Ross and the Supremes. They had gone through the Motown grooming school. They were always very highly polished. The hair was always quaffed. And they had these elegant outfits on or whatever. This one... Diana Ross is in, I think she was wearing shorts or something on the album cover. And they looked like it was just, they, they looked like hood rats before the term hood rats came into existence. And the song itself, singing about this song. What it's like to be born a child out of wedlock. Now, these days, <laughs> who isn't? It's like when you say, I have two parents and they're together. It's like, oh, well, that's odd. But back then, it was a big deal to be a quote-unquote love child. This was before Murphy Brown, and all of it started glorifying the idea of single-parent families. So this was a breakthrough song, not without controversy. And notice she's saying, hey, no child of mine will ever go through this. The pain, the shame. But I'll always love you. Diana Ross and the Supremes here on WABC on Black Friday. We are going to get to your calls very quickly. I want to talk very briefly. You know, George Will. George Will used to be like the go-to conservative columnist in America. And then I remember Princess Diana used to talk about this guy back when he was actually ticking all of us off. And, you know, I'd, George Will. And then to me, he became almost irrelevant. But George Will has a column today in the Washington Post. And they're using like a 40-year-old picture of George Will. Um, and this is the Supreme Court case with momentous implications for government power. And it's right. There's a Supreme Court case. Let me explain the case very briefly. A guy by the name of George uh, Jarsky, he's a hedge fund founder will at last have his day in court. It will be the Supreme Court. The SEC um, gave him some very unfavorable, a very unfavorable ruling. They imposed financial penalties on him. <clears throat> they made him give up some of his earnings. They barred him from the securities industry. And he says, in short, he never had his day in court. 
This was an administrative court. This was the SEC has their own court system, administrative court. He never got his constitutional right to trial by jury. This was all handled administratively. So what we're talking about, folks, is just like there's the deep state in America, there is the administrative state. It's not just the SEC. It's a lot of government power held by these people who have never been elected to anything, never been appointed except by, and when I say, well, they have been appointed, but they've never been elected. And the appointments are made bipartisan, whether it's a partisan Republican, partisan Democrat. Hey, they're political appointees. And he says, this, this man, he's been deprived of his constitutional right. Our constitutional guarantees a, that you have a trial by jury, jury of your peers. So the Supreme Court has taken this case. And if they find in his favor, this puts the entire administrative state of the United States of America, and it is huge. This will put a lot of administrative trials uh, trials in the spotlight. I am so hoping he wins this case. But we shall see. It is before the Supreme Court. We have a lot of your calls. We're going to get to your calls. Happy shopping out there. The the, the Univision uh, scandal is still going on. And, by the way, over the weekend, how many people got sued in New York for sexual harassment? Boy, they, they raped me, they did this, they did that. He, I'm not discounting it, I'm not making fun of it. Now Andrew Cuomo join, joins the field, a woman uh, uh, filed last minute. This is with this law that came up, the Adult Survivors Act. It ended at the end of Thanksgiving Day yesterday. It suspended the statute of limitations for one year and allowed victims of abuse to bring lawsuits. So now you had Jamie Foxx has been sued, uh, uh, Puff Daddy, or Puff Diddy. What the hell does he call himself? Diddy. He's got three. I think he settled one, and two others came out of the woodwork. Yeah, he settled one. That was with his ex. And now he's had two other woman, women come up, and boy, they, they, they have some allegations against him. Jamie Foxx, there's a uh, 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 some local official here in Brooklyn that has a suit against him uh, and somebody else. It's like the, the cases are just pouring out of the pipeline. So we shall see. Jamie Foxx says this was already litigated, and when this is over, he's going to sue this woman and her lawyers for bringing it back up. Did you mention Eric Adams? I did not. That's what I kept saying. There's somebody else. Yes. And and Axl Rose, too, but more so Eric Adams, yes. Thank you. They keep Axl Rose. And then there's Mayor Adams. That's right. Our illustrious Mayor Adams has found himself on the end of one of these lawsuits. (sighs) And, of course, he vehemently, he doesn't just deny it. He is vehemently. I'm vehement. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I never touched that woman. I never had sex with that woman. Now leave me alone and let me get back to my work. On WABC, Talk Radio 77. Are we checking in with traffic? Or is there no traffic out there today? We got traffic on Black Friday there, James. 
Okay, this sounds like Huey. You'd be correct. Yeah, so taking us in, Huey Lewis and the news. And we're going to check in with some traffic. We're going to come back. We're going to check in with your phone calls. We're going to enjoy the best black of Black Friday ever. It's going to be the blackest Black Friday with the black guy you've ever had. Let's rock, baby. Most Nervous Rush Hour on WABC. The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Bo Snerdley. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdley. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush. So we left you with Ewan Lewis and the News in honor of Chris Hayes, who's the guitarist there. His birthday is today. We're coming back in with some Ringo Starr. On this day, November 24th, 1973, Ringo Starr goes to number one, number one U.S. single with this one. His first as a solo artist. Photograph. You know the great thing about, one of the great things about the Beatles, every single one of them, every single one of them was a great singer, a great performer, great songwriter. You don't hear Ringo songs as much as you do, of course, uh, McCartney and Lennon, but all of them. This was a true super group. Ringo Starr on WABC Talk Radio 77. The mess continues. The Univision mess. We've been talking about this now for over a week. The actor, John, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. If I don't, it's unintentional. Legisimo, Legisimo, John Legisimo. He went off on Univision for allowing Donald Trump to appear on their network with what he called a softball interview. He compared the interview to excrement. He was on The Daily Show. I remember when that used to be a thing. Nobody cares about The Daily Show anymore. It's like they haven't, when that guy Trevor, whatever his name in, came in, that was the end of The Daily Show. It was, and and by the way, I wasn't a big fan of The Daily Show and I always thought it was overrated when Jon Stewart was doing it. They stole so much stuff from Rush Limbaugh and never gave it attribution. Anyway. And so you get the usual jokes. He called out Univision. I don't, he says, I don't know what's more shocking, that Univision gave Trump a softball interview or that Trump let a Latin guy into his house. It's like, really, John? That's the best you can come up with? How did that happen? Did he think he was there to mow the lawn? Oh, is that what you think of Hispanic people? That the only thing they can do is, is landscape? You're not really. 
Anyway, he went off and on. For decades, Univision has been the channel that Latinos have trusted for news, whether it's news about the world or news about a sexy lady miner willing to go up against the most powerful woman in in town for the more. And I thought this would be a dope opportunity to confront him hardline on anti-Latino policies. But instead, an interview worthy of Univision, we saw this caca. Well, he went on. It's a term used for it. Excrement. And he says, to be clear, we Latinos are not a monolith. There are some of us that do support Trump and my family. We refer to him as the uncle who doesn't get invited to Thanksgiving, but that's just my house. Well, finally, Univision CEO has spoken up. And I just love what he had to say. His name is Wade Davis. He sent a letter out to all employees. He noted the continued cycle of coverage around the Trump interview. He said the network embraced the responsibility to provide our audience the information to make the decisions based on accurate coverage of the election process. Then he said this, we will reject all efforts to destabilize this vision including from partisans within the press or the political machinery. Univision is not a tool of any party or organization. Univision is an independent news organization, and we will not be deterred by partisan interest and agenda-driven advocacy. So, tell the left... Take your whining and stick it where the sun doesn't shine. And there also, in recent days, has uh, been a group of very prominent members of the Hispanic community who are urging people to disregard all this criticism from the left over the Trump interview. I love the fact that the pushback, they're not going through this quietly. Let's get to the phones. People have been waiting, and I do appreciate it. Let us start in Hillsdale with Chet. Happy Black Friday, Chet. Have you been doing your shopping? No, sir. I was out in the woods hunting. Didn't well, see a darn I... thing. <laughs> but when I come back to my neighborhood, then there's like 10 deer walking down the street. It's always the same case. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, Bo, so the reason I was calling, every time I hear about these people that are protesting by gluing their hands to something, especially when they're in a museum or something, I say, leave them there, leave them there overnight. Let, let them soil their pants, take pictures of them, maybe get a website going of here are the guys that are doing this silly thing that they think is going to change the world. I love your idea. Frankly, I'd say I agree with you wholeheartedly. Leave them there. You want to glue yourself, leave them there. You can get those little orange cones and put around them so people don't run them over and just get exactly. you just an, or, or, or floor wet those little yellow, you know, sandwich signs, caution, wet floor or potentially wet floor, and just leave them there. Let them stay there. You glued yeah, yourself I mean, there, get, get yourself out. And maybe put up big white poster boards beside it and, and make it performance art and let people come by and write little comments uh, relating to the, the things that are going on. I like that too. Very creative, Chet. Well, happy hunting on your uh, on your Christmas deals out there when you decide to engage with that, and and uh, we appreciate the call. Thank you so much. 
Let us go to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, welcome. You're on WABC, Boston Early's Rush Hour. Oh, hi, James. I wanted to say this yesterday, but it's still good for today. It's still Thanksgiving. I wanted to say, in addition to your sound knowledge of politics and current events, a Thanksgiving cheer to the maestro of the airwaves. Your broadcast orchestrates joy. And today I am expressing gratitude for the positivity that you bring to your show. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, my dear. You have made my day. Thank you so much. I appreciate your very kind words. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am thankful to you, by the way. You know, it's um, rare. Let me just show you how God works. Someday, but it's not, and God works through people. I had been with Rush and with um, Premier. That's the network that the, eventually was the syndicator. It went through hands twice. It started as EFM Media, went to Radioactive, great choice of name there, Media, um, and then it went to Premier, the, the business partners that Rush had over the years. But I had been with them for almost 30 years. The day that that ended, after I had done the uh, the uh, the podcast series with Premier on Rush's Life, 12 Parts, is when I started with WABC, and for me, WABC was homecoming because this is where I, quote-unquote, grew up in radio at WABC. And one thing has been consistent. WABC, there's, first of all, there's nothing like New York radio in the world. And I do mention other radio stations when I talk about this. I came up through WWRL. I came up listening to radio from not just New York but all around the country. I was aware of some of the amazing jocks, everybody from Soupy Sales back when he was on the air to the guys rambling with gambling that were on for um, decades on our competitive uh, station here in New York. And then there was, you know, uh, R&B, black radio, whatever you want to call it now, it's urban, guys like Frankie Crocker. Uh, Then you had, of course, my mentors, Jerry Bledsoe, Gary Bird, Imhotep Gary Bird and all those guys. But at WABC, I worked with the amazing people like Dan Ingram, Ron Lundy, and so many others, Johnny Donovan. That lineup was incredible, and it was. this is such a historic station. This, is the, this station is the most famous radio station in the world. In the world. We, WABC, made Top 40 radio. We defined music radio, and then we defined talk radio. I was lucky to be part of both of those. And who do I have to thank for that? A lot of people, but I have to thank you all who listen. We have the best listeners in the world. We have the most, and under John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis, when they bought this radio station, this station has shown what it is. It is open for everybody. Regardless of your politics, regardless of your view, and people are invited to also give, and there's a sense of community about this radio station, part of the New York community. And I want to thank you, because you in New York have supported the radio industry and made it the number one market in the world. New York is where everybody wants to come to. Because this audience 
and the audiences in New York, New York radio listeners are like no other. And so thank you this Thanksgiving Day for everything that you do for all of us. We got to check in with our man Lou Dobbs. And then we're coming back with you and more of your calls here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Do not go away. Snurdly. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Birthday today, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Yester. Guitarist, vocalist with The Association. Big hits. This was undoubtedly the biggest. Everyone knows. It's Wendy, 1967, the Association. James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And we get to Tom in Woodstock. Hi, Tom. Welcome. You're on the Black Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. Hello, going once, Tom, going twice, Tom, going three times, and thank you for that call. Let's go to Max in Manhattan. How are you, Max? Thank you both. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'd like to know if you know about this forced quarantine isolation that Coco signed into effect. It's Rule 2.13. So we can be isolated and quarantined, and we're forced to take any drug she wishes to give us. This is no joke. Repeat the number of this rule again, please. 2.13. 2.13. I'm going to look into it. I was unaware of such a law. I will look into it and report back. Thank, Thank you, you very much for the heads up. We appreciate you. Let us go to Jim on the east side of New York. There, Hi, Jim. Welcome. Yeah, You're on yo. Boston. Hey. Bo. hey. Yeah, that's yeah. me, Bo. Bo, listen, isn't this War Powers Act that uh, Joe Biden is using, isn't it the way he's using it unconstitutional since there's no American war? Doesn't Congress have to declare war before he can use it? Now, that is an interesting question. If Now, technically, I don't know whether we have to be in a state of war. I would have to look at the legislation. But one would think that a War Powers Act would require a war. But remember, we're dealing with legislation that has been written by Congress. And remember, we have the Democrats in office. So this may result in a lawsuit if you're right. We will have to take a look at it. That is a very interesting question and a great point. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Let's go to Elizabeth in Westchester County. How are you, Elizabeth? Hey. Hi, James. I'm good. I'm going to try to talk fast. I've been waiting 55 minutes. You owe me three something for the gas in my car. <laughs> no, I'm thank you, darling. With the car, 
anyway, when I first called, I had two things I wanted to say. Nothing that you talked about, but then you started talking about corrections in New York, that whatever, that person. And I would need to know, could I get sued for anything that I say? It depends on, on what you say. If you slander somebody, heck yeah. But what do you want to say? Uh, well, it was Don't mention that. someone's name is the safest no, fact. Don't mention a person's name. Okay, go no, ahead. I, okay, so I just, um, there's a Gentile or genteel term for uh, knocking boots. I don't know what it yes. is. I've heard it before. Okay, that's all mm-hmm. I wanted to say. She got that? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. true. Okay, okay. The other thing was I uh, Googled you up, up, down, every which way, and I'm trying to find out. Uh, maybe I shouldn't, but y- your uh, status, uh, you know, like single, married, whatever, it's like a big secret on Google. Do you choose to keep it that way? <laughs> yes. Are you available? That's what I want to know. It depends okay. on for what and and with who. Well, <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're, yeah, if you're romantic. Well, you know, I mean, I... I yeah, no, but 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 it is kind of it is a secret. And then there's another funny I, thing that people have found googling me. They found my net worth. I had one of my ex girlfriends call me, um, and she was ticked off. And she said, "I just discovered your net worth on Google, and I discovered that you're worth it was some unbelievable figure like thirty five, forty million bucks." Oh, I'm like, wow. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I said. Oh wow! So, <laughs> Where yeah, do I go to get my hands on it? My daughters were telling me last night at Thanksgiving, well, you believe everything Google says. But the last thing was, so the only thing I could find about you was your newsletter. It says you have a newsletter. I've signed up for it twice, and I'm not getting any. What? Uh, yeah, you okay. have a I says. do. So hmm. I'm going to ask Rich to take your email address and send it to me, and we'll make sure you get it, and I'll figure out why. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, it's called The Daily BS, and you can go to thedailybs.com and look for it. And, Carl, very quickly, before we're out of time, you got to make your point quick. Uh, WABC's biggest competitor was not WOR. It was WMCA. In the music days. Uh, first talk, 1970. Uh, they had Harry Harrison. They had Joe O'Brien, Jack Spector, Dan Daniels, a big competitor, Dan Ingram. And they had Be Mutual Read at night. They had, and they also had a talk show host by the name of Barry Gray. And, there was and I love Barry. I met Barry Gray and loved him, by the way. You're absolutely right. And, and then, then later they had Soupy Sales. Anyway, and I did mention Soupy Sales. Um, thank you, Carl. Appreciate that. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. And tomorrow, God willing... We'll be back in the morning at 7 a.m. and hope you will be too for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Until then, bye.